I'm Seattle Times political reporter Jim Bruner. And I'm Seattle Times assistant digital editor Gina Cole. Let's talk politics. Welcome to Episode 7 of The Overcast, the Seattle Times political podcast. City Hall reporter Dan Beekman is out this week, so you are stuck with me. We're going to hear from Kim Wyman this week, Washington's Republican Secretary of State, on what she thought of presidential candidate Donald Trump's claims that the election is rigged and full of voter fraud. Those are claims that he repeated again in a, in a debate after he had, he had been making the claims on the campaign trail for a few weeks. And in case you were so distracted by that presidential debate on Wednesday night, um, we'll be talking also to Seattle Times Olympia Bureau reporter Joe O'Sullivan about the gubernatorial debate, which came on right after that presidential debate ended. Um, Jay Inslee, who's the current governor, and his Republican challenger, Bill Bryant, kind of hashed it out uh, in Pasco. And that race is definitely struggling for attention because the Donald Trump-Hillary Clinton race is sucking the oxygen out of everything else in politics. But there's some really important issues at stake in Washington State. We've got the McCleary decision on education funding. You know, we've got problems with our mental health system. We've had inmates being released early from prisons. And this debate actually started out with a question about police shootings and a controversial police shooting in Pasco. We have some audio of that. Let's listen to it now. As you know, police shootings have captured headlines throughout the country over the past two years. Here in Pasco, Antonio Zambrano Montes was shot and killed by police officers for throwing rocks at them, an incident that was captured on video. The prosecutor declined to press charges against the officers, citing current state law, which requires proof that officers acted with malice and without good faith. We begin with Mr. Bryant. Do you believe that standard should be changed? Well, let's first talk about the environment in which we're living. And I think too often right now in the United States, we're living in an environment that is sort of based on fear. And that's not healthy for any of us. For our communities to really work, for us to exist together in a solid community, for us to have a good relationship with law enforcement, we need to have trust, regardless of what the law is. We need to make sure that we have trust within our community, between the members of that community and our law enforcement. And that's beginning to fray, and that's undermining our democracy. We need to ensure that we support those who run towards danger, not away from it, when there is a problem. But at the same time, we need to make sure that those people are representing us and treating everyone fairly and equally. There is right now a task force to examine this. They're looking at all facets of what is a very difficult issue. They're supposed to come out with their findings. It involves law enforcement and advocates. And I look forward to looking at those results and deciding whether or not Washington State needs to change its legislation. At this point, until we have that recommendation, I think it would be premature. Ms. Rensley. We have come a long ways in America dealing with our racial divide, but we know we have more work to do to cure racial injustice. And we feel the pain of any family who loses anyone of any race involved in, in violence. Look, I'm proud. I'm endorsed by every single law enforcement group that's done an endorsement in this race. I, I'm honored to have their endorsement. I feel very strongly these are men and women who put on the badge every morning and go out in, into harm's way. They deserve our support. But we do need to do a couple things. We do need to examine our accountability statute, which is very unusual. Uh, it's an outlier in the United States. And we have to do this to prevent these shootings in the first place. 
We need to make sure that officers have training so that they can de-escalate problems, so that they can be culturally competent. And we have one of the best criminal justice training centers in the whole country, and they do this well. But we've got to make sure in two, 2017 we make sure every officer has that training Thank to you. try to prevent these tragedies. Thank you. All right, we've got Olympia reporter Joe O'Sullivan here. So, Joe, can you tell us a little bit about why that question was first and why, why it was so important? Sure, yeah. Well, the question was, was asked as, as the, the governor can answer in Pasco, which was um, the place where a police shooting took place in February 2015 of a, a Mexican man who was uh, throwing rocks downtown and was shot by three police officers. And, of course, that's also that kind of ties into the national conversation where we're having right now about use of force. Uh, but here in Washington state, um, state law is particularly strict and has a very high bar on under what circumstances a police officer can be charged um, for a, a shooting like this. Uh, for example, of the 20, 213 people killed in Washington by police between 2005 and 2014, only one officer was charged uh, w with criminal charges. Um, you know, a lot of, sometimes the shootings are, are deemed justified. Others raise a lot of questions, like the Pasco shootings. Right. That was a controversial shooting. That the people thought that maybe they could have stopped short of, of lethal force, right? And, and there have been, there've been protests, um, obviously no charges against the officers. So, Joe, talk about the answers that the candidates gave. Did they really, it sounded like they didn't really want to commit either way, right? What were they saying? No, neither candidate would commit to saying that, you know, Washington's law uh, needed to be changed. Um, GOP challenger Bill Bryant said that, you know, more trust is needed between communities and law enforcement. Um, and he said, it, you know, he cited the task force as a task force down in Olympia currently kind of working on bringing forth recommendation, recommendations to possibly change the police uh, charge standard law. Um, he said at this point, until we have that recommendation, I think it would be premature to propose anything. And uh, Governor Inslee um, acknowledged that Washington's law is unusual among the states, um, but he really talked more about what we have to do is, is better train officers uh, to de-escalate incidents like this before they happen. And the law is unusual because of the standard required to charge a police officer is very high, right? Yes. What is it? What is the language that that might be changed oh, to make that different? Is, um, well, it it includes the the threshold of uh, to charge an officer. There has to be malice and uh, and I think a lack of good intent. And so, really, as long as an officer um, is found to have acted in in good faith or at least not bad faith, um, you can't charge an officer on that. So besides that question, um, what were the other things in the debate that really stuck out to you? Well, you know, both candidates um, offered a little bit more detail on what they would do to satisfy the state Supreme Court's uh, McCleary um, ruling, which mandates that uh, the state fully fund uh, K-12 public school education. Um, and, you know, the state has increased funding on education over the past few years, but there's this one big chunk remaining, which is ending the over-reliance that school districts have right now on local property tax levies to pay for things like teacher salaries. And so that's a big thing that the legislature and the next governor is going to have to tackle next year. Um, 
but nobody's released a detailed plan on how they're going to how they're going to use state money to kind of uh, pay for what school districts are currently paying for now with local levies. That really gets at the tax uh, question, right, Joe? I mean, so they there's they've been dancing around whether there should be a capital gains tax, as Governor Inslee has proposed before. Bill Bryant went off in the debate and and said it's it's you know sort of tantamount to an income tax. He doesn't support it. Has has Bill Bryant given any indication? you know, that he'd be willing to raise any taxes, or does he think it can be, you know, from your conversations, done without it? Well, one inter- interesting thing that Brian said last night when he when he was asked whether he would close tax, break, tax breaks to raise revenue, um, he did say every tax break is, is on the table. Um, and then he kind of quickly pivoted to talk about how uh, spending cuts and program reviews are also on the table, but he made it sound like uh, he would be open on that front. And... Uh, for his part, the governor, Governor Inslee, last night said that um, he could see fixing uh, the spending problem with uh, a little bit of a, what's known as a levy swap, along with um, new revenue that the state expects to get in, in existing taxes, as well as closing some tax breaks. So kind of a mixture of three different things to raise money. Yeah, we should say, of course, Inslee has actually put specific tax breaks on the table before he proposed closing some. It hasn't been super successful. He, he keeps going after one that benefits oil refineries, but didn't start out benefiting them and, and, and argues it's no longer needed. Um, Bryant hasn't actually, have you heard him put a, a particular tax break on the table or is he just saying generally, yeah, I'd look at him? He just said generally they're all on the table. And it's interesting you mentioned that because, you know, he said they're all on the table. He didn't mention any specific ones, but he also knocked Governor Inslee, um, for trying to end a tax exemption on bottled water at one point when he was talking generally about taxes. And right. that is one of the tax exemptions that gets brought up a lot. So that's debate. not necessarily on the table. Like he's sort of contradicting himself, right? He's, he's, he's a challenger. He's going after Governor Inslee everywhere he can, right? Yeah. He's, Joe, as we know, uh, you know, he's in Gina, you know, he's, he's behind, he's had trouble fundraising. Um, he's been grappling with Jay Inslee on issues of management at Western State, at the prisons. His his TV ad is about sitting in traffic and getting a pizza delivered to him in a car. Do you think that he's make, made any traction in these debates? And, um, you know, is, is there any chance that uh, that he can pull off an upset here? It's, uh, you know, it seems like he's got an uphill climb. I mean, he's certainly raised a lot of legitimate issues. Um although it's hard to know how, how much people are dialed in. Certainly if you live along the I-405 corridor, you're thinking about tolls, but um, I don't know how many people are thinking about the state's mental health system as they go to fill out their ballot. Um, and, of course, I don't know that Bill Bryant has the name recognition that you know prior candidates like uh, Rob McKenna, who ran for governor uh, last time around against Inslee, had. So, and like you mentioned, he's, he's kind of badly outspent in raising money, so we'll see. Well, Joe, thanks so much for hopping on the phone with us and talking about the governor's yeah. race and the debate. Um, we know you're doing good work down there in Olympia. Thanks, Joe. Sure. Yeah, anytime. We've just begun to fight. They even want to try and rig the election at the polling booths where so many cities are corrupt and voter fraud is all too common. And then they say, Oh, there's no voter fraud in our country. There's no voter fraud. No, no, there's no voter fraud. Take a look at St. Louis. Take a look at Philadelphia. Take a look at Chicago. 
And then I have even the Republicans saying, oh, this is a wonderful — look, look, if nothing else, people are going to be watching on November 8th. Well, you know, I think on some levels it's irresponsible for a candidate to to be casting doubt on the election process and just making these, you know, sweeping statements that the election is rigged already and that the outcome is predetermined. That was Donald Trump in a recent speech explaining why he thinks the entire election is rigged against him with massive voter fraud and corruption in the voting process. And after that, we heard... Secretary of State, Washington Secretary of State, Kim Wyman, a fellow Republican, say why she thinks what Trump has been saying is irresponsible, and it's not the case. I interviewed Wyman for a story this week about Trump's claims and about the voting process, and she said that there are some holes. There are, you know, people who slip through the cracks. There are, the state doesn't have a, actually have a way to check for citizenship when people get driver's license. That puts the state out of compliance with a federal law that needs to get fixed, that's a problem when it comes to voter registration. Nevertheless, Wyman says it's irresponsible for Donald Trump or others to claim that, that there's widespread vote rigging going on. So let's hear some more from my interview with her right now. You know, I think one of the strengths of American elections is the fact that we're so decentralized. You know, across the country, we have over 9,000 election officials. And when I say that, I'm talking about secretaries of state and county clerks and county auditors and election directors who oversee the processes in their local communities. And these, most of these people are either appointed by elected bodies or are elected officials themselves. So they answer to their, they answer to their constituents. And to, to make a claim so sweeping that this system is rigged is just on its face ludicrous. You would have to have a conspiracy of such grand scale um, that I think we would have much bigger problems than whether or not this election is rigged. And I, I, I also go back to, you know, I've been, I've been doing election administration for about 24 years now, and in that entire time, I have never met a win, winning candidate or heard a winning candidate say that they won because of voter fraud or, or voter suppression. You know, it, it, those are terms that, that the left and the right use when they are wanting to call into question the results. And, and I think that, uh, you know, just on its face, some of the things that are being thrown out are, um, it's, it's a little scary to me because I think that undermining that public confidence really goes against what election administrators, you know, really commit their professional lives to, is making sure that the public has confidence in, in our election process. Of course, here in Washington State, we've had our own experience with a very controversial election, the 2004 governor's race. I talked with Kim Wyman about that, too. As you may remember, that race was extremely close between Democrat Chris Gregoire, Republican Dino Rossi. In fact, Rossi had won the election, but he lost it after two recounts, and there was a lawsuit. The Republican Party made uh, big allegations of voter fraud that uh, they said had tainted that election. In the end, a judge rejected all those claims. And Kim Wyman told me that, um, you know, that was a very scrutinized election and actually gave her some assurance that our election system is, is not tainted by the types of fraud that Donald Trump and others are alleging. Good, that's a good example. You know, to this day, half the state believes that there were things that went wrong in that election and believes that people who weren't eligible voted. And arguably, I think that election is one of the most scrutinized ones we've had in our country's history, um, closest governor's race in our country's history. And out of that, out of the 2.7 million ballots cast in the course of the trial and, and all of the recounts, we did determine that 1,600, I think it was the total number, votes were cast by people who weren't eligible. 
mm-hmm. and that included some uh, some people who hadn't had their rights restored as felons. That included some people that were registered in more than one place and voted more than one ballot. Uh, that included some well-intentioned family members who voted on behalf of people who had died. But with that said, of that whole 1,600 votes that, that were determined, there were, I think it was two or three that were non-citizens. So that it's those kinds of statistics that's still, you know, that's still two or three votes that, that canceled out someone who was eligible, and that is a problem. But do I think there's a widespread problem in this state? No. That's a wrap for Episode 7 of The Overcast. Thanks to Secretary of State Kim Wyman and our Olympia reporter Joe Sullivan for joining us this week. You can subscribe to us via RSS or on iTunes or Stitcher or TuneIn. And also, if you've been listening, uh, please do leave us a review on iTunes. It does help us out a lot. Yeah, we'd like to hear your feedback. You can also email us at GattleTimesOvercast at gmail.com. That's a wrap for this week. Thanks and have a cloudy day.